and Friday has got a big box office weekend, and, and we, didn't, right. we, did, we didn't have an extended release, and they got us out the theaters as quick as they could and, and pretty much shuffled that movie. Like, we never got a 10-year re-release, you know, onto DVD. Uh, like, most of the DVDs, I think, if you get them, they're bootlegs on, on, on the Internet and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I know that I've, I, you know, I've, I've been waiting to see the movie on uh, Black History Month for a long time. I never see it. Yeah, yeah. See, that, that's another thing that I'm, I'm kind of surprised about, as far as you know, you know, especially when you have it in, you know, February or, or any time. You know, you, it, it's not, it's, it's not. It just seems like it's kind of like, you know, either swept under the rug or not existed for some reason, which I don't get. And there's some great, this, uh, Brandon. There's some great talent in this piece. Chris Rock, Bobby Brown, Angela Bassett, Court. Yep. Courtney Vance, Bo King Woodbean, you know, just a, a, a abundance of talent, um, uh, and, it, and it was a pretty good movie too. I thought, you know, being the first yeah. to really deal with a topic that, you know, we didn't know about in our generation, which is so important to know the truth of how beautiful Huey was, how gorgeous, how much of a scrapper and a and a representative of, of his people who really went the distance, who was a great hero, who was you know, shot and assassinated in the streets and, you know, discredited on, on all levels. When he was 19 or 20, he started the Panthers. So it was fun to play Huey, and I'm looking forward to playing him again in another movie in his later years. I'm hoping that. Yeah. We're, we're here live on Best Week Ever on Friday with Marcus Strong. And, uh, you know, with, with the resume like that you have with, with, with Panther and, um, you know, a, a, a lot of emails came to me um, over the last couple of days and, you know, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, that's that's that he played Tank on The Matrix too, right?" And you know that that answer was a, a, a yes. And you know, and and I know um, reading up a little bit and stuff like that. I, I know there there are some situations that I'm not sure if you want to talk about it or not that went on with The Matrix. But if, if you do, the floor is yours to kind of you know tell people how how that whole concept thing was and how you felt about it when you were on actually on set. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, celebrities got to tell the good and the bad. You know, we have nothing to hide. We shouldn't. You know, our lives are out there. You know, the public deserves to know the ins and outs. Um, you know, shooting the movie, going into the deal, you know, they took me going into the deal, basically. Like, going into the deal, they was going to rob me because they had made a contract or did some kind of ill, illmatic negotiation where I would never get a residual check ever. And I wow. have not been paid a residual check to this very day yet. And I'm wondering, I wonder how Lawrence Fishburne would feel if he never got his residual checks from Matrix. I bet he'd be pissed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And exactly. where's Brother Lawrence? I mean, he's the most dignified brother. Like, where's he at? Like, step up. You even call, give me a call and be like, yo, you good. So when I called him out and was like, yo, man, I deserve to get residual checks, they was, they, they was like, nothing. And then they had their agents go behind my back and negotiate my deals for the sequels when I already had signed a contract with these attorneys in Century City. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, if I would have breached my contract with those attorneys, then they would have sued me. So they decided just to fire me instead of revealing that they negotiated my uh, deal in a conflict of interest behind my back. Now, did they, um, did they actually, you know, uh, upon being let go, um, did they pretty much just say, hey, you know, did they explain to you what, what their intentions were with you once, you once you were hired? But, you know, to me it kind of seemed like just, just from what you were saying that they just didn't really know what they either had or they didn't really know what was going on themselves. It kind of seemed like it was a chaotic situation. And then once oh, they got no, to you... No, that's a great question. But they knew what they were doing for sure. They... Um, they just didn't want, you know, to pay any cash, and they they didn't want. I don't know really what their deal was, but they were they're not naive. Mm-hmm. Exactly, very true. Very true. So what happened was when I complained, they had this guy from Warner Brothers threaten my life, and so I called the wow. police. I'm about to do a knockout blow. <laughs> I called the police. <laughs> you know, for help, the police told me to come down to the station. So I went down there, and they arrested me on the spot. Wow. 
the people from the Matrix arrested me for making them a hit film and then for standing up to get my money. Wow. And so then, did, did, did they try to, like, you know, they, they arrest you on, on, on what basis, on, on what, uh, what, what charge, I guess? Oh, this was in uh, 1999. They said I was a terrorist because I was like, fuck you, man. You can't threaten my life. Right. <laughs> you threaten my life, I threaten your life. I mean, it would be equal. But the difference was when I went to the police for help, they had me arrested and never asked me one question, never heard my side of the story, nothing. And immediately, I had to spend, pay for a $50,000 bail. So I lost money on the Matrix because I never got a residual, and they paid right. me 50, under $50,000 in the original contract. Now, the guy that played Cypher, Joey Pantoliano, who's a great actor, terrific mm -hmm. guy, he got a million dollars, and I got $28,000 and not a penny more for the Matrix. Wow. I mean, I make more at McDonald's. But why should I? Why should I work at McDonald's though? I didn't go to Broadway. I didn't do Roots and all that to get twenty-eight thousand dollars and make them a mega hit, because it would cost them nothing to say, "Here's a little cheddar for you." But right. they would rather they would rather make an example of me. So ever since that arrest, I've been harassed by the police in Hollywood ever since. Wow, and, that, the, and, and to this day, that still continues to be an issue with, with you, not just dealing with, with them, the creators of The Matrix and stuff like that, but also, you know, you, you still get that from the police too in that area, or is it just yeah, you know, it, it set a down? tone. It set a it set an open season. It's open hunting season for certain actors once that kind of tone is set, which wow. is once I get you know I'll tell you an example. Uh, two years ago. I was sitting at a breakfast table outside in Los Angeles. Five police cars pull up out of nowhere at my breakfast table with their tasers out, and they say that I'm committing suicide. They got a, a random phone call that I'm committing suicide. I said, no, I'm just having an omelet. <laughs> they, uh, Are you serious? They, yes, sir. This is all recorded in the police records, and, and, and we're dealing with these legal issues now the best that we can. They insisted I was suicidal. They took me to jail beyond my, my will and basically kidnapped me right there. The doctor met me for five minutes. He was African-American. He let me go. He was like, this guy's not a problem with And they've been harassing me like that. Even I had to basically leave Los Angeles just a few weeks ago because they were <laughs> harassing me so hard I, I just couldn't stay there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it seems like it seems yeah. like you you've been like a heavy target, you know, during during that times um, and things like that, and and still let, let, put out on the record to this day, you still not only haven't gotten any anything as far as pay from your your part that you played on the Matrix, but you know, are you are you still are you still being blackballed as far as uh, you know any job any acting jobs or anything like that that's uh, that you may have or or may have had talked about in regards to that. I uh, I mean I don't even want to give them the credit of that, but I, they certainly won't hire me <laughs> if that's what that means. I mean they they won't they'll hire me, but they won't give me a chance to audition. I mean I I haven't auditioned yet. I haven't auditioned, so it has no one has ever said I'm a bad actor. They just won't give me the chance to uh, to to act. Wow. I mean, and, and this is with, you know, across the board, basically, like, you know, not just dealing yeah, with them, yeah, but just, like, in general. In general, yeah. I mean, if I want to go and, and, and really eat crow and really, you know, go do a McDonald's commercial, you know, maybe I'll get lucky and get a McDonald's commercial. You know, maybe I can start over that way and start flipping burgers from commercials. But why should I do that? I'm a, I'm a, yeah. a Broadway award-winning actor who's, who's got a reputation of talent who has a reputation of quality, who's done nothing but make hits for studios and make them all their, take them from the black and put them even into the blacker. So right. um, I don't see why I should have to lower my standard just because they want to force strong arm me to lower my standard. So instead I went and I wrote a novel. And, and uh, this novel is, is my expression of, you know, that they can't stop the power of the artist that, the artist always has a voice. He, he has to just channel his energy differently and empower himself. And I'm turning this all around so that it will be a positive message and let 
let people know that, hey, man, you know, it's okay to, to fight with the pen. You know, they might want to discredit you and make it look like you've got a gun in your hand, but when I had guns in my hand, they've always been props. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a gangster. I'm an actor. But when I wore that black beret, it was a beret. It was a wardrobe. You know, there was a wardrobe lady. You know, we have prop men who give us the guns. There's no real bullets. We have actors, you know, and for them to take that image and try to make me be that in real life, you can't even give me that credit because Huey P. Newton was too badass for me. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Who could hang with him? It's a compliment, sure, right. but I'm not that, I'm not that tough. And, uh, you know, but I, w I am a tough actor. I mean, I knock it out on the scene. I, I'm a revolutionary on camera, but I'm an artist in real life. You know, we don't, our, t our weapon is, is talent. Our weapon is not knives and guns and, you know, a great DJ Quick, man. I mean, he's an artist, man. He, he's going to write lyrics, perhaps, or set a tone, but that doesn't mean he's out there doing it. And exactly. what happened to freedom... What happened to freedom of speech? What happened to saying, hey, you didn't pay me, you know, that's not right. you got to pay me. And so because I don't get paid, they can assassinate my character, assassinate my career, and assassinate me. And make right. me, a, a, and then put me on a t-shirt as Tank when I'm dead and make money off of me like they had love for me to begin with. Very true. No. I was going to mention that too because I know that was that was one of the things that I I, I didn't get and then and it's just like I said you know not really reading up uh, uh you know about you because it's kind of like you know every time your name would come up I would always kind of take a look and see what was either being written or read or or whatever's put out there um, but it just kind of seemed like you know especially with all the stuff that you had to go through with being on the Matrix like before we get into your novel like with the stuff that went on with 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 you and the matrix and stuff like that um do you have any do you have any regrets or anything like that as far as dealing with you know with them warner warner brothers right or the creators of the matrix or whatnot do you have any regrets um i don't think outside I of, outside of the outside of the norm as far as you not get paid no no i don't because it was i was thrown into a, a snake pit so i mean you can't help where you end up you just have to deal with it the best that you can you know it, you know, you don't want to sit there and be a victim. I don't regret. I, it doesn't mean it was the idealistic way that I would, I would want things to turn out. No. But I, th I think that there's an overall reason that things occur. And I think that I'm starting to see that reason more in my life now. And there's more, there's more to all this than the gold. You know, there's, more, there's the soul. There's, there's destiny. You know, the... Everyone played their role so perfectly in this whole conspiracy. So right. one against many is, I've always loved those characters, Conan the Barbarian, you know, mm -hmm. Bruce Lee. You know, all my heroes have been in the position that I'm in in real life in the movies that I've loved. So do I regret it? No, because I've become the heroes that I've portrayed almost. And right. it's a part of that. It's a part of where we are in, in history where a black person has the freedom to do this. It's okay in this country to say America is ridiculous. The police are ridiculous. It's okay. That's called freedom of speech. And we're here on Best Week Ever on Friday with Marcus Chong. Got a fat resume as far as playing Huey Newton on, on Panther. Um, got a lot of props and a lot of love from people sending emails as far as, you know, your, your portrayal of him. Also played Tank. On, on the Matrix, and as you well know, and it's pretty much documented, um, you know, he, he didn't get a fair shake as far as playing Tank on, on the Matrix as well. And um, a lot of people have seen you on TV, you know, during during those particular times, too, because you, you, you did a couple of little TV stints on, on a couple of episodes, too, Brandon, right? You, are, you are so sharp. I got, I got to give you your credit. Your research is on, on, on the top because <laughs> your timing is good. Ah, and you have really great questions, man. Thank you, because uh, you, you really know what you're talking about, and, and I, I like your vibe. I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Tell, tell listeners a little bit about your, uh, you know, some, of, some of the things you did on the tube, too, as well. Yeah, I did, I did Law & Order. That was really fun. Ice-T got me that role. He suggested me they needed a half-black, half-Chinese actor, and I got to play the serial killer. It was fun. It was really fun because I would take young Chinese girls and bleach their skin and uh, do terrible things to them. So that was really fun in the show. I didn't really get to do it, but you, you, you knew that my character was bad and, and 
evil like that. So that was fun. And uh, yeah. I got to work with uh, the, the stars of that show, and they were really uh, really cool people to work with. Very good. And, you know, kind of like not really going backwards, but, you know, a lot of it as far as, you know, actually I am going backwards, to be honest. I mean, when you first, because you, you said you were, doing, you were doing some acting and stuff like that when you were 10, right? Yeah, Roots was my first Screen Actors Guild job, and from there I did a Little House on the Prairie, and I, I always had the luck to get leading roles, so I always had good dialogue and got commanding scenes with people like uh, Mr. Michael Landon, and uh, I got to do Facts of Life, and Jermaine Jackson was on that episode. That was cool to meet Jermaine Jackson, and um, I worked on a show called Lazarus Syndrome with Louis Gossett, and that was a pleasure. He, had won the Academy Award from Officer and a Gentleman. And I, I had good friends growing up. People like Todd Bridges were my best friends growing up. And um, I, I knew a lot of children actors who ended up not making that transformation to adult actors, which was kind of... And, and you know what? That, that episode with, uh, on the Facts of Life when Jermaine Jackson was actually on there, yeah, that, that brought back some memories when you brought that up. I was like, oh, my God. That was... I, that that was that was a favorite of mine. I was like back to life, but that was that was one of those little things. So it's kind of like you know that that's why that's why like not even really worried about your bio. It's kind of like I knew you before you knew me. So it's kind of like it's, it's, I'm I'm, yeah, just, well, I'm more or less like together, wow. Exactly. We all grew up together, basically. I mean, I I, I love those times. I, I want to get a, a some kind of thing together where all of us from those days can get together again. You know, the Stony Jacksons. Todd Bridges, uh, all the cool cats, you know, that was doing their thing back then. Now, with you being in Roots, the second generation, and you had your stance on, you know, the, the movies and, and stuff like that and, and, and the TV shows and stuff, with, with being a, a child actor around the time that you were coming up, did you, did you feel like you were, was that something you always wanted to do or is that something that you pretty much just kind of like found yourself in one day? It was like, oh, I think I could do this. Let me stick with this. Yeah, I kind of fell into it, and then, but I mean, I fell into it when I was young. I was a natural. I've always been a natural. But being a natural is not enough. You've got to work hard to be a professional natural who can work. It's like going from college football to pro. You don't always make that transformation. So, you know, you can't stick to being a natural. You've got to wake up really early. You've got to do a lot of reading. You've got to do a lot of rehearsing, a lot of mimicking, a lot of transformational work, you know, research. You know, and uh, then you have to, you know, keep those business relationships working and, you know, when you go over so many generations from 10 years old to your teens, to your 20s, to your 30s, and your 40s, you're talking about people retire and live and die and plagues come and go within those kind of years. So you got to just really cherish the moment and your values change though. You know, at one point in your career, you may want a TV series. Another point, you may not. At one point in your career, you may do film and you don't want to do anything like theater. Another point in your career, you may want to do only theater. Someday you may want an Academy Award. The next time you may want to donate the Academy Award like Marlon Brando did. Sometimes you may want the millions, and other times you may want to say, I don't want the millions. So it just depends on where you are in your career. And we're here live on Best Week Ever on Friday with uh, the man. Like I said, it's, you know, as far as career following and all this other stuff, I mean, the resume is, is thick and it's out there. And, um, you know, Marcus Strong is, is definitely uh, a, a, you know, his, his resume is, is definitely there and his name is out there. And actually I have uh, a, a co-host of mine from uh, Conspiracy Theory Thursdays, uh, Mr. Incense, is on the line as well. And I know he wanted to say what's up to you too. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Mr. Ant. I'm sorry, Good fellas. Oh, hello. Hey, Mr. Mr. Chong, what's going on, man? It's an honor and a pleasure. Yo, it's my pleasure. How are you? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually still uh, getting a lot of comments and 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 different different types of uh, feedback from our show last night, you know. And I, I'm still having a chance of trying to get to run it back, you know. And and I, I apologize for you know, not being able to get you on, you know, but we definitely need to get it back on, I guess, Thursday or whatever, because we got a lot of good feedback and a lot of good responses, and I I got some questions that, you know, I would like your opinion on, you know what I'm saying, so. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's cool, Uh, that's great, I'm down. 
um, anything I can do to uh, keep it going. I want to, you know, keep the mix going. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've been what able to. Uh, go, ahead. go ahead, bro. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I hadn't. I hadn't. I just jumped right on. You know what I'm saying? Because when we had talked, I was trying to charge up my phone, so so I hadn't been able to find, <laughs> you know, really, really, really hear what was going on. You know, um, I just heard the last couple of minutes. You know what? You know you were talking about. So I'm yeah, we been pretty much. Me and uh, Mr. Chong and I, we pretty much uh, we 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 gonna continue to hit on some of these things. And I know um, Mr. Ann, I, I know as far as uh, conversation that we had, I know it's some stuff that you know as far as his time, as far as being you know playing Tank on the Matrix, and you know his, his role that I know you knew from you know playing uh you know playing Huey Newton on uh, on Panther, and uh, you know did you did you know he was on on the Facts of Life? Remember the Facts of Life that uh that had Jermaine Jackson. And you know that that was an episode that Tootie was pretty much just like going nuts over Ooh, Jermaine Jackson. That's right. That's like right. That. And I know the dialogue. I still remember the dialogue because I memorization is my best friend. The dialogue. Yeah. yeah. I, she went. He, she went. I'm the president of his fan club, and I went. Yeah, I'm the first lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, he's taking it way. Man. I remember hey, he, that was him, Mr. Instant. Yeah, that was yeah. him. Now, now thinking back, like I said, when I seen his face, I was like, man, y'all know that cat, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you yeah, know, like, you saw me, but you know, ugly, I know that ugly dome. <laughs> it's, it's, to me, it's just like, you know, it's just like I told you, to me, I, I kind of feel like, you know, it's, it's you, you've you been like in, in our in our tubes, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of the young people that, you know, either don't know or, you know, the contributions that you made in this business is, is uh, is definitely respected, and and your time as far as not being satisfied, as far as playing tank on the matrix, and and not being paid for for your work there, just really just shocks me. And and the way I feel, as far as you know, my opinion, as far as that goes, and not just you know the whole blackballing and 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 the entertainment business. I mean, it's a dog eat dog world, but at the same time. You know, it, it still shocks me to this day as far as how, you know, a lot of actors like yourself is being, like, mishandled or mistreated, you know? Well, have you heard of the, the latest news about Terrence Howard in Iron Man 2? No. I heard he, I heard he, I don't know if he got dropped or he, they got somebody to quickly replace him. I don't know the story behind that, but I know well, that's what I heard. Basically, they fired him for whatever meaningless reason that they have, and they, re, and they hired Don Cheadle. And I think, like, Don Cheadle needs to work, right? Like, Don Cheadle needs that role to do. Like, come on, Don, what are you doing? You need a blockbuster hit that bad that you're going to take a, a cut? Why wouldn't you just walk away and be like, yo, call, give Terrence a call and be like, they tried to offer me that shit. I wouldn't take it, dog. I got your back. I understand. Let some newcomer take it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they did that same thing to me with Harold Perrino. But here's the real deal. This is the, under, this is the secret society thing that's going on against Terrence Howard is the casting directors have their own little clique where they're saying, don't hire Terrence Howard. Now, this makes me very upset. This is a, a light-skinned brother who represents, who's got pretty eyes, and why, can't, why not put him on camera? Why not give him this opportunity to make a little cash? Not, the Iron Man 2 is not going to make nothing but big, big breaks off of this one. I, I just don't understand it. And I don't understand these casting directors who don't want to challenge Paramount Studio by association so if they hire Terrence then Paramount's not going to work with that casting director and that's the and that's what where these agents and the casting agents are working together it's these agents who are pimping this game and deciding the fate of black of black actors who basically got their dicks on leashes wow wow and to me that's that's like one of those uh one of those things it's kind of like that in the music industry where it's 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 more a, a more or less like exactly how you're explaining it but you're explaining it on a on a on on something that I feel like not only people should know but to be aware of because somebody that has an established resume such as yourself you know what I'm saying I'm not saying it it, it should be like super duper easy to 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 get a role but you should at least have those opportunities and shots to be able to take it and run with it if, if the opportunity presented itself, you know? Well, the thing is, Hollywood is so whitewashed, it's so brainwashing, that they can do it right in front of our eyes. With a, with a project as big as Iron Man, Iron Man, which was a great film, you know, Terrence mm -hmm. uh, Howard's job on that project was to not fuck up the movie. He was not right. there to 
He was not there to do scene-stealing moments. He was there to make certain that the thing would not fall apart, to support Robert Downey, make certain Robert Downey don't go out there and do a bunch of, you know, drugs, whatever. But all the actors that they got, they got them on some low-rate stuff because Robert Downey needed that role. Terrence Howard, right. box office kid. Jeff Bridges, you know, but they're all Academy Award-nominated actors. Why is Terrence singled out? I don't know that. Why would the casting agents, agents make such a slanderous, and that's against the law, I mean, first of all. But, but right. Hollywood, is, Hollywood is, is, is untouchable. You see, that's the last frontier that no one has really said, we can reveal what's going on moment by moment. And that's where my novel, The Arch, comes in. Because I'm going to explain moment by moment how they do these things. But I do it in a way that I talk about the life of Alexander Dumas, who wrote The Three Musketeers and The Count of Monte Cristo, who was a black man back in the 1800s. And he's a cool, cool cat, too. You know, he was like Huey P. Newton. You know, he was just badass and cool. But we have to now start dealing with Hollywood in a different manner, which is, come on now, it's, it, you're turning the, you, you turn it around on us right now. It's reverse racism. So the light-skinned brothers are now thrown into the field of Hollywood's plantation slavery system. And... You know, you, you're going to, this is all about demographics. This is about who can get international box office appeal, who can get urban markets. You know, this is not about let's make the best movie we can and let's give everybody a fair chance. Right. Yeah, it, to me it's one, of those, it's one of those situations where I feel like a book like the one you have coming out called The Arch is, is definitely, uh, it, it's, gonna, it's probably going to be one of those that's going to shake up Hollywood just for the simple fact that a lot of truth telling that you are telling is gonna it's gonna turn a lot of heads and a lot of people are gonna open their eyes and uh you know and and not just read but just be aware because it's just it, it's something that needs to be done but you know a couple of emails that I just got too was uh, more or less uh, you know uh, well a couple of people say they 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 loved your work on Tank even though they kind of now know the truth. <laughs> Which is good. Thumbs up. You know, what I'm saying as far as the yeah. Way I mean, it, it only took ten years, but you know, sometimes you, sometimes you gotta keep yourself low and wait for the right time to to let people know. And I think the fans were always innocent in this. You know, the fans mm -hmm. they were always left in the dark, and you know, they had to see the movies for themselves to know was the movie better with Tank or without Tank. I thought they were better with me personally. I didn't like yeah. the sequels. If I was on set, I would have been like, Larry, Andy, you guys are messing up. You cannot have this ecstasy dance going down in Zion. Yeah. But hey, we, know, they made... we also got a – sorry to interrupt, Mr. Sean. We also got an uh, emailer from uh, his, his <laughs> Carter. Carter's in Milwaukee. He actually he, – he's a 54-year-old man. He pretty much just says he remembers you from Little House on the Prairie. So, you know, he just wanted wow. to say, yeah. He, he, he I, I love the Little House on the Prairie fan. <laughs> I love Little House on the Prairie fans because uh, it was at a, a special time when I was a young man, and I, 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 I was thrilled to have anyone recognize me and, and acknowledge my, my work as a young boy, as Samson. It was, it was an episode called Blind Journey, and I had to play a blind, a blind kid who couldn't see race. I couldn't see the difference of why people were against black and white. And that role it was, it was a really good, good experience. Michael Landon was a great guy to work for at that age. Yeah. So um, I got a question. How, um, yeah. speaking back with your book, how, you know, are you going to have some some major backing so you're able to, you know, get it out, you know, to the public, or are you still, you know, going through that process of getting, you know, a big publisher or whatever? Well, I, I'm just finishing the editing, and the, the book will be available next year, early next year. We don't have a major publisher yet, or we don't have major backing yet, but we're kind of going to tour it a little bit like a concert, like a rock concert would tour. So we're going to put, you know, we're going to be going and doing book signings, and we're going to ha have people come out and have a chance to meet and, and, and raise discussions. The book isn't about, it's not a hit-you-over-the-head approach. My next book, the plot against Marcus Chung will be more directly of what's happening. This is more of a mystery to find uh, a treasure, but, and I but I tell my story and the story of Alexander Dumas in a fictional form, so that people can have a good adventure. It's it's really like a Da Vinci Code. It's like a National Treasure that movie, 
because I wanted I wanted to I wanted to do something fun, something that I could make a good movie out of. I didn't want it to be like you know just a downer. Right, right. We're here on Best Week Ever on Friday with Marcus Chong and Mr. Incense. This is Brandon. Um, continue the emails and continue to send it over to vintagemusicradio at gmail.com. Vintage music, that's music spelled with a K, radio at gmail.com. And, um, you know, continue to uh, spread the wealth and show the love as far as uh, for, for this man who, like, like I said, to me, his resume alone, uh, you know, is one of those to the point where uh, impact can be made with just not just the name, but the book that's going to be coming out at the at, at the beginning part, hopefully the first quarter of next year, um, and things like that. But uh, as, as far as as far as your acting and things like that, is, is that still a passion that you do have um, at the end of the day, or is that something you pretty much just kind of like the, the sun is setting, or is that still something you want to do? Wow, that's so well put, man. The sun is setting. Whoa. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> you hit me hard with that one, Brandon. Jeez! <laughs> the sun is setting. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, well, I can tell you, I just got out of film school. Um, so I finished uh, the Art Institute. Um, I had to get my education on. And finished the novel. Um, I am uh, preparing myself to get into acting training again, um, but I'm I'm a director as much as I'm an actor now. I'm, gonna, I'm making that transition to control the the aperture and shutter speeds on the cameras, and you know, giving myself an opportunity to tell some stories that I think will be uh, interesting. Wow, that that's that's pretty good. Have you have you um, considered you know at least you know, especially in this entertainment business, and we know how cutthroat it could be. Um, have you considered, you know, branching out and doing some entertainment things on your own for other actors, actresses, and things like that too? Uh, you mean as far as working, hiring other actors? Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I definitely would like to discover great talent. I mean, that would be a joy to watch young talents uh, go through an acting process that I think would make them better actors and. Uh, uh, the shrewdness that it takes from from the experiences I've learned from working in theater at the Music Center in Los Angeles, uh, the Criterion Roundabout in New York City, the Manhattan Theater Club, uh, the uh, Marines Memorial in San Francisco, the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles. Um, working on these commanding stages, you know, have uh, given me a, a, a experience of how to really find the chord to the actor. So I want to share that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like good, to find a, a, a young uh, Mikai Pfeiffer's and uh, Omar Fs Mika and Pfeiffer. young, uh, you know, uh, Halle Berry's and, and young screenwriters. Marcus Chong well. yeah. is here on best, best week ever on Friday. Callers call in three four seven two one five eight six five three, and I actually have a call from the five eight six area code. You on the line with Branded, Mister Incense, and the man of the of the hours, Marcus Strong. What's up? Nothing. Five eight six, you're on. Hi. 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 Is this show about acting? Yeah, we can talk oh. acting. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Hello? Hi. Yes. Hey, girl. To be or not to be, that is the question. <laughs> I want to be just like uh, Oprah Winfrey. How do I do that? You want to you wanna do what? I want to be like Oprah Winfrey. How do I do that? Uh, work hard, probably read a lot. Face trust in pixie dust? I beg your pardon, sweetheart? <laughs> Face trust in pixie dust? Yeah, I guess. Oh. So who the hell are you? Who the hell? I'm just a young guy on the radio. They're giving me a chance to get some air time. Oh, you're young. Yeah, we're... Okay. Yeah, 586. Um, interesting. Keep listening, um, and then when you do, you can... Uh, you you'll you'll know exactly what time it is, but uh, 
Okay. <laughs> With, yeah. Okay. That that was a that was a weird was one, but that's okay. That was, I, had a, that was, I had a good question. You know what I'm saying? We we waste our time on that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You know that's I know. Actually, that's actually very interesting because if you look at where people's energies are put. They're not put on constructiveness. They're, they're put on silliness. And, you know, we, we got enough silliness, so this is a chance. You know, you got enough uh, of Batman and, 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 and Will Smith, so it's a time to get a, a little taste of something else, which is some reality. And, yeah, right. man, you know, there's wars going on all across the world right now. So people, this conversation isn't the most important conversation, but... At least it's coming to you direct, and it's coming to you live, and it's giving you a chance to speak up and to have a moment and to be a part of something as opposed to be immature and pretend like going to Starbucks is cool. I'm from Seattle. No one from Seattle goes to Starbucks. But what does that mean to bean pickers in South America? What does it mean to the covert operations that this government is doing right before our eyes? Okay, wow. you can't wait for you can't wait for Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt to do it for you. Exactly. So I thought I thought that phone call was very important, and I thank those ladies for showing showing their true selves. <laughs> it was important. But I think my question was still better, so let's let's get to it. <laughs> Your question is better. Yeah, man, I was in, I was in working with Mario Van Peebles, dude. That's that's my dude, man. Man, Mario, I'm, I, I think he should be given way more opportunities to work as a director. I loved Badass. Uh, his father, he was, he was so he knew more about the Panthers. He knew, he knew my role better than me. He uh, he did his work. He was he, he really knew how to do the tone on set. He was a professional uh, all the time. I, I really loved working with Mario. Yeah, man, that dude. I, I came up off that dude, man. I'm like, yo. And his father, Melvin, man. His father, yeah, Melvin, man, people. I mean, whoo. He was, he was clean and sharp and on point. I mean, you know, they're, 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 they're my heroes. You know? I love those guys. <laughs> you know, you know, we had the we we had the funny uh we had the funny callers from the ladies or whatnot and 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 like uh and like Mr. Chong said, it's it's one of those uh it's one of those that's needed. But also, I think I'm gonna take something from what she said and try to turn it into a question. And you know, she 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 said something about one how can I be the next Oprah or whatever it was that she said. Now you got a lot of people that's trying to be the next somebody else or the next. Oprah, the next Will Smith, or the next, you know what I'm saying, Marcus Chung, or the next whoever. Now, when it comes to just the acting in general, do you feel like it's something that, that's out there that you feel like, okay, well, you know, should people try to emulate somebody, or should they just go ahead and try to be their own selves and define their own craft? Yeah, I mean, that's such a journey. You know, I... uh I remember when I first met Andy Garcia, and I said, Mr. Garcia, I thank you so much for the acting choices you've made for making me so much money in my own career, because I would have to rip off a lot of his moves at that point in my career. But you get to a point when you, you can't rip off people, but that's not bad, because imitation is flattery. It's, it's a good thing. But at some point, you have to be yourself. You know, At some point, you have to just you know, find yourself. And, and at some point, you can't even start copying your own moves at work. You have to throw those away and reinvent yourself. But, yeah, I think you have to be yourself always. But, you know, know where you get inspired, you know, and, and be thankful for that. That's wonderful. Thank you for that opportunity to inspire me, man. I love the moves that Brando did. I love the moves Denzel Washington does. I love the moves so many actors do. So, yeah, yeah, you, Heath Ledger and Joker, man. I mean, you might want to rehearse his monologue and try to make it his way and make it your own way. Try to be versatile. Try it all. I feel like what he did on that movie, um, and, it's, and it's, to me it's just a shame he couldn't really like reap the, the, the rewards of it. Uh, I, I just think the job that he did was fierce on that, on that movie. I just think he did a, a, a more than an amazing job on it, though. Yeah, he was, he was brilliant. He, he'll be nominated. He's, I mean, he was brilliant. And, and that's a really, uh, Brandon, I like the way you put that, which is 
He didn't get to enjoy that. And I know that because I never got to enjoy the Matrix. I never got to do any of the things that, you know, show the, that I got to enjoy it. I, I, they basically wiped me out of it. So, you know, I mean, that's the way it goes. But I enjoy the fact that I can be here to, to transform and still start a whole new career over again because, you know, it's kind of boring to watch Britney Spears. It's kind of boring to watch everybody go through these motions and not ever stand up and do something. Like, I'm not so impressed by all the money now. I'm a little bit more like maybe the money fucked them up a little bit. Yeah. I can agree with that because, I mean, you already know how the tale is going to, the, the, the tale is telling already just by Brittany going through the whole thing with the, with, with the whole husband thing, the kid thing, the drug thing, the, you know, declining career thing, and now the, her pending resurrection. So it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, it, it, it might be cute for, like, the tabloids and stuff like that, but I, I think, if anything, it, it, people just need to just go ahead and just flock to something new or a new way of doing things nowadays because it just seemed like that just it just seemed like that's a revolving door with soap operas, you know? Yeah, but that if, as long as people tune into that, they don't have to tune into their own real problems because they can just deal with Britney's problems. Good point. Good point. Huh? So why, why, would, why deal with your own stuff, you know? Go deal with her shit. <laughs> hey man, I, I had a uh, speaking of your your situation with you know um, the Matrix. I had a rumor. I, I heard a rumor a few months ago off of uh, a certain person's show um, on Blog Talk Radio, and she was basically saying that she had information about I guess one of the original authors writers of the Matrix. Um, the script was stolen from her, and I guess she was a black female writer. You yeah, there's been a there's a trial going on right now with Sophia Stewart, who has a a lot of incriminating evidence that proves that she sent the the Wachowski brothers and the studios manuscripts that were extremely similar from the evidence that I saw to the Matrix script. I mean, that hasn't been decided in court yet, but based on my dealings with these guys, they're, they're, they have no integrity, so I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have one question from uh, Randy out in um, New York. He, he said he waited up, because it's like well past midnight out there, but he, he waited up just to, um, you know, see you uh, or hear you. One of his questions was, what, what do you prefer, theater or, or behind the screen? Um, being on screen or theater, uh, I, I love it both. Theater is really hard, but so is being on camera. You know, um, you get to so many people and you can have great special effects in movies that you can't do in theater. But at the same time, at the theater, you have the person right there with you and they're working hard with you just to watch the show. And that is a... a a priceless experience. So I like them both. They're both equal. Okay. And we're here on Best Week Ever on Friday with Marcus Chong. I've got Mr. Incense as well as me, Brandon. Um, continue to send the emails to vintagemusicradio at gmail.com. I appreciate the people in the chat room uh, following in as we speak. And um, also, um, what, what I want to do too is, you know, as, as briefly as you talked about as far as the book and and that is coming out hopefully first quarter in um, 2009. Um, it's available online though now. You can pre-order it at theartnovel.com. The site's being built, but you can still pre-order it right now. Or you can go to if you want to keep tabs on me, Marcus Chong, MySpace.com, Marcus Chong. Uh, you can uh, get involved and you can order the book and pre-order, which would be less money and probably get an autographed copy or something like that. See, see, Marcus, you, you pretty much just kind of like you, you got inside my head and you knew exactly what I was going to ask you, and that was a whole build-up into, you know, tell people your MySpace. <laughs> tell people if people can actually pre-order it. Look at that. Look at that. You are a brilliant way. Look how you led me. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Lead me there. Show me where to go. <laughs> Very good. Now, 
to me, I kind of see, you know, well, actually, we got a few people actually having a, a pretty good little discussion, not just in the chat room, but also my, my aim is up, um, my instant messages as well. A lot, a lot of people just kind of like reminiscing on some of the older stuff that he, that you've done. We we had a lot of 2D conversations right now. We got a lot of people just like, I remember that guy. I remember him. Wasn't he, you know, and. And and to me, I, I think that's always a good thing, especially when you when you are an actor and you you definitely want to do it because not just because you love it, but you you want to be remembered for the body of work that you do. So I mean, do you you know, especially when it comes to not just the movies, but you know, all the all the things that you've done, um, and even though there's more from you, do you feel like a lot of the resume that you've created? alone is, is you can pretty much put that up against anybody? Do you feel confident about what you've done from everything from Roots? The oh, second, uh, oh second no. Movie? I mean, so many people have great bodies of work. I can't, I can't compete with some of the magnificent work that's been done by so many great actors. Um, no, I'm just, I, I was happy to be a working actor and uh, happy to have the opportunities to, to do, you know, the small chances that I had and, and make the best of them. You know, sometimes you have to make the small roles bigger than they were, but um, no, I, I think it's just me. I, I'm more proud of the work that I haven't done in the past because they, you know, they only let me do a film once every eight years or so at this point. I'm happy for all the films that I haven't done in those eight years. Um, the work that hasn't been put up there because there's more power in that silence and in, in those things that you, you know, I should be doing three films a year or so you know, maybe there should be 48 more films on my resume. And those films are the ones that I cherish because I never got to do them. You know, I've already did the other ones, so I, I experienced them already. Like, I don't watch my films. I don't watch my work because once you've experienced it, you did it. You know, watching it is not the same as actually doing it. So I get joy of doing it. And uh, I, I, miss the, 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 I miss the fact that I didn't get to do all those films that I wanted to do. And I, I cherish those things that I missed. I know that probably sounds weird, but I have to find value in belonging, you know. I have to be happy and satisfied in some way. I can't be sitting around here upset and bitter. So I'm thankful that I didn't get to make any of those films that I could have done. I'm thanking Hollywood and all those people out there that run the studio and run Hollywood who wanted to just have that job so bad that you know, they had the power to say no, but never the royal power to say yes. Um, I thank those people. Okay. I thank those powers because I cherish what I haven't had. That's words to live by. Words to live by, definitely. And, um, you know, with, uh, with, with us getting ready to, like, set you up for a part two, to this because actually I'm I'm kind of like checking I'm I'm looking at emails I'm looking at chat rooms and I'm looking at uh, instant messaging and I'm looking at just some overall messages that a lot of people have we we got this guy Mario Mario's from Texas and he pretty much was like well with everything that you've done um, you definitely should be able to start your own production company and 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 start doing some stuff like that so he he wanted to like leave that to you as a statement as well well wow. well thank you I appreciate that yeah man. I want to do it all. You know, um, I'm at the point in my life now where I'm, <clears throat> I'm not caught up in the romance of the, the uh, what's the term when you, uh, the sedated nature of Hollywood and the world, America. I'm not sedated. I'm, I'm very much awake. I'm very much eager to get working. Um, and I'm, but I, I don't want to be a sucker in the game, though. Right. Mm. So and we're going to produce things. I went to film school, and I just finished. I mean, I, I was acting my whole life. I didn't have a chance to go to college when I was younger, so I had to wait. And I used the time of this whole whatever, whatever you call it, a, you know, not hiring process to go to school, you know, and, mm -hmm. and do, do what I didn't get to do when I was a teenager. So I got to relive That's my good. childhood a little bit. Yeah. I didn't waste that time. You know, I wrote a novel. I, I did a lot of short films. I was, you know, an A-plus student, and um, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good director, and I'm a pretty good writer. I, I had to learn some new talent so that I could come back empowered and hiring people. I want to give people a chance to work, to show their talents. I want to find directors, screenwriters, production designers, fashion designers, 
actors, musicians, composers. I want you know this is this is what this is all about now. So I'm starting what is called the artist renaissance movement, which is arm arm yourself, artists. So that's what we're doing. We're going to arm ourselves. Um, we, I don't want to copy the Black Panthers. You know, we don't carry guns. We carry talent. You know, our talent is our weapon. Like so we're going to be armed with talent. We're arming ourselves with talent in the artist renaissance movement. You can go to MySpace, the artist renaissance movement. It just is starting up today and yesterday. We've been working with my graphics team to get the T-shirts and all that stuff. It's going to take a while because it's all a process, you know. You know, but you can start. You can start being a part of it early on and give us ideas, give us images and what you want to do to contribute. Because for us to do this as a renaissance together, you know, we all got to come together as artists. So this is a chance for us to organize and not be revolutionaries. We're not the Black Panthers because those great heroes, you know, they must be remembered for what they. Did. We can't try to steal it and sell T-shirts and profit off of it. So we're starting something new. The fist was their symbol, but the fist is connected to the arm. So we're right. going to make the whole thing. We're going to extend the body. We're going to arm ourselves as artists. I like that. I like Very that. Good. That's definitely a uh, uh, word to live by. And uh, before I let you go, um, Marcus, I, I definitely want to say, you know, I'm, I'm – I'm eagerly anticipating part two of this on Thursday um, for uh, Mr. Incense is Conspiracy Theory Thursday, and we want to dive more into um, just the, the the chaotic nature of, uh, of of the entertainment business, and also your um, experiences that I feel like you know we you, we can definitely uh, pass on and share, and a lot of political stuff as well because. A lot of times when we get on that show, like last night, we had a, a very, very strong show. A lot of people, you know, was reaching out, looking for you, too, and they found you here tonight. And um, i got to tell you, man, it's, 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 it's definitely uh, a, a blessing and a half to be able to uh, not just talk to you, but in, include you in my, in, in my circle of, uh, of people that I know. So it's just like now I could, I could go upstairs and, you know, I could, I could, you know, call my mom and tell her, hey, you know what? I was on the phone with Marcus Sean. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys are the hot thing. You guys are the hot stuff. I mean, you guys have this platform, and you're using this Internet medium to its potential. You're going to exhaust this resource, and you're giving me an opportunity, and I thank you for that. Definitely. And I'm looking forward to, looking forward to you next Thursday for Part 2. And um, I know there's a lot of people... Um, you know, once again, can you throw out the MySpace? Because we actually had a few people um, asking about it, too. So go ahead and tell the people your MySpace uh, page right now. Oh, yeah, MySpace.com slash Marcus Chong. Uh, MySpace.com, the Artist Renaissance Movement. And you can get the novel at thearchnovel.com. It's a site that we're putting up for its own thing where you can get a lot of merchandising and keep up to date. And, uh, uh, Brandon, you, you, you're doing the damn thing, man. Keep it up. Hey, I'll, you know I'll what? You it's, it's, week, right? it's because of people like you, man, and um, and and I, I can't wait to till we go at it for part two. And Mr. Incense, I know you want to say something before you uh, before we let Marcus go too. Oh, definitely, man. I mean, I can't wait till part two because I mean, and just to get a quick plug out, you know, for those of y'all that missed last night, download the show. Um, there's some information that we talked about, man. For hours that everybody needs to hear, and definitely um, when we get back on Marcus uh, next next week um, on, on Conspiracy Theory Thursday, there's some things that we're gonna that we ended the show on that I definitely kind of want to jump out the gate with you on, just as far as your your opinions, you know, on a few topics that we were talking about. So, man, you, know. you, you guys are so. You guys are good at what you do, so I'm 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 just having fun actually just being on the radio. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a pleasure, man, and I can't wait till next week. And and actually, you got a hell of a lot of fans out here that that actually appreciates what you not just do or doing right now, but what you've done too, as far as you know, you're you're stamping this business. So, you know, you're you're well appreciated, man, and that 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 speaks volume, not just with me and Mister Incense, but you got a lot of outside people too, man. It's a good deal. Well, I, I thank all the fans. You know, I know it's been a little while, you know, but think of it like this. They said Bruce Lee was going to come back after 10 years. He didn't. 
They said Tupac <laughs> was going to come back after 10 years. He didn't, but I'm coming back. Ten years, the 10-year anniversary is next year, and I got, I'm bringing some heat. I'm bringing some quality entertainment and, uh, you know, power to the artist. Right. Okay. There you go. And power to yourself, too, man. Can't wait till, can't wait till we do, uh, do it again next week. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Appreciate All right, appreciate it, Mark. All right, stay up, guys. Stay healthy. All right, you too. Marcus Chung, got that big body of resume, Matrix, Panther, on and on and on. I'm telling you, he, 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 he definitely got back. Next Legacy.